Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. I think all salon owners dream of having an amazing team culture, a culture where everyone gets along, where people have clear sales targets, they're motivated to smash them for the right reasons. So the culture is positive, even when you're not there. But all it takes is one bad apple in the team to ruin the whole apple cart. Am I right? Have you experienced this? I have. You know the one, they're sitting at the back of the salon twiddling their thumbs. When there are clients that need serving, the salon needs cleaning, and they're not even hitting sales target. Sometimes it feels a bit like an uphill battle trying to get them to do, well, anything. And it causes the salon environment to kind of flip upside down. Things can easily become a little bit toxic. And not only are they not performing, but this kind of starts to affect the rest of the team's performance. Like all we want is a team that does their sales targets, that the clients receive a 10 out of 10 client experience every single time, and to feel confident that everyone's motivated, is happy, and is in it with you. Having a team culture like this reminds us why we love being in this industry so much. I call it building a culture of winning. But actually, I think what's important to remember is that a culture of winning is not something that just happens one day, and that's it. It's done. I have a winning culture. Instead, your salon's culture is forever changing and evolving like the humans. So the focus needs to be on keeping it positive 95% of the time, each and every day. And to do this, you need a system in your business that is human proof so that the team is set up for success, regardless of the individuals within it, because they will come and they will go. That is inevitable. You will always be the last man standing. So what are those systems? How can you make this happen in your salon. This episode today, I wanted to share with you exactly how to build a positive culture, a motivating salon culture that works even when you aren't in the salon 24-7. So this episode actually is a sneak peek inside one of our recent Salon Mastery coaching calls I had with a few owners on exactly this topic. I think you're going to get a few takeaways from this, so let's jump on in. All right. Um, awesome. Uh, Let's keep chugging on. I want to talk about uh, how best bosses build a rockstar team and uh, a little bit about around identifying those uh, A-grade players. So let's push on. When we have average performance um, <clears throat> out of our team, um, let, me, let me go back. Let's talk about the challenge of managing average performance. And I think for me, it starts when we employ people and that we actually don't have a great selection of candidates and we employ the wrong person in the first place. I actually think this is the root core. Um, this is where we make our first mistake that then has sometimes long-lasting uh, long effects, if you will. Um, 
and we end up with people that have a mismatch of values and they bring their own issues. We feel like we're pushing shit uphill uh, and we get average performance from average people, people sitting out the back and, uh, you know, just don't behave like the rest of us. These are the people that stress, stress us out and mentally chew up a lot of space. Do you know sometimes that feeling when I feel like, oh, I'm so busy, I've got so much going on right now. When you actually unpack it, it's not a lot of to tasks, not a lot of to-dos, it's not actually not a lot of hours. It's chewing a lot of our mental space. Um, and we, we end up with an environment of toxic people. And when we have that, we tend to, below, uh, to behave below the line um, rather than above the line, it actually makes it harder for us to stay above the line. But I do believe um, that we can employ the right people if we get it right in the first place, who like to do great work, who actually want to be here with us, they want to be part of the group, they want to be part of this brand, it makes our life easy. It makes it easy for us to stay above the line, it makes it easy for us to do great work and have high expectations from our team. Those people that just love us, get us um, inside of our business. Um, these are the people that when they eventually leave, if they do have to, that we continue to have great relationships with or they come back, right? We wanna be able to identify those, these people in our business. So I think the first thing we need to do is recognize what is a great team member? What is the rockstar team member? What are the attributes and the behaviors of those people? So we can recognize them. We can reinforce the good behavior and we know and can recognize the behavior that we don't want to keep. And so we can deal with it, shut it down, have the hard conversations and deal with it quickly because we're going to talk about hard conversations uh, tomorrow. So what I want to know first is what are the attributes of, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to rank our team members here by A, B and C, like an A grade uh, team member is, is the perfect employee. Uh, we want to employ more people like that. A, a B grade employee is just an average, average Joe Bloggs and a C grade. Hopefully we don't have any of those in this business, but sometimes we end up with C grade team members in our business and we need to be able to uh, identify them and know what on earth to do with them. Is that making sense? So what I want to do now is I want to take a moment to uh, get a get a, a list under three categories of A, B, and C performance behaviors um, of A, B, and C grade team members. So I want to first look at what are the three things that we need to rate or rank with employees? Well, I think first of all, it's technical skill. Can they do the job? Are they open to learning the job? Do they have the ability to serve? Do they have the bedside manner? Can they serve and deliver to clients? Uh, culture, their behaviors, their values, their attributes, and their work ethic. Are they on the inside a good human? How do we, uh, how do we measure and, and uh, rank their behavior? And then the last, of course, you can't uh, run and grow a business without having some uh, sales ability. And I think in the hair and beauty space, we too often forget that sales is actually an attribute that we need to, or a skill or a task that we actually need to focus on. If you can't sell, um, then you can't win inside of um, a hair or beauty salon. So um, key performance indicators, uh, sales results, and also sales culture. How do they believe in sales? I want you to think about your team members that you have in your team right now. And I want you to plot them uh, in terms of skills, culture, and sales, where do they behave? Where are they operating? 
Um, and let's get a little bit of a, uh, a visual as to where your team members are um, for all three of those categories and at what and what they're behaving. Because you might have somebody who um, has the culture and sales ability um, in, as an A grade, but might be operating skills as a B grade. So you might want to take each of your team members, and I'm, I'm only going to give you a couple of minutes to do this because I want to keep moving forward, but you might, if you've got a big team, like Sky does, you might want to come back and backfill some of those people um, and get a good sense of where everybody is at. And what this is going to help you do is plot uh, where maybe your next focus needs to be if you have a lot of humans in a particular box. So if you find that you've got a lot of people in the B skills box, then this is a clue to what needs to happen next. And I'm super keen to get, get to the point of what happens next. Um, you might discover that you've got some A grade players in terms of culture, but maybe they're letting you down in terms of... Uh, sales and how do you recognize an a-grade player um, and uh, how can we ensure that we are employing these people um, how do we recognize b and c grade players right at the interview stage and how will you with intention to uh, say no right how do we ensure that we're not uh, employing c-grade employees now if you go to the um, employee a rockstar team in the hub, all of those uh, questions, I believe, under skill sets, culture, and sales, all of those quest, uh, interview questions all ensure that all three of these or, or all three of these uh, areas are covered in terms of the right question, right, framed in the right way to get the right answer so you can pull out. Some of those questions are framed in a certain way on purpose to hear the answer and to listen between the lines to who you're actually employing um, and to make sure that you've got your eye on, <clears throat> got your eye on the prize, right? So I'm gonna suggest that we do this next step. Uh, I'm going to park this next step for you to do uh, as a takeaway. One of the things that I, but I'm, but I'm keen to keep moving forward. So one of the things that I'm, Think would be valuable for you to do is to create your ideal employee name her this is her over here what's her name uh she in in, in my business her name's braley <laughs> how do we clone her how do we find the braley so if we have done uh the client attraction we want to create an ideal uh ideal client we also want to create an ideal employee, know her attributes, know her work ethic, know her uh, abilities, her skills, and whether or not know who you are bringing in and who you are employing. Um, and I think that's super important. And to do that, we need to know what the benchmark is. We need to know what it is that we're plotting against. So I would take the conversation that you had in your breakaway with the other salon owners uh, and the, some of the things that we've thought about now and make sure you create that uh, ideal employee. If you're doing that session with your team, I think it's a really good benchmark line drawer. If you talk about drawing a line in the sand, doing an exercise like this really gets people to uh, take a moment to look at themselves, just like we looked at above the line and below the line for ourselves and took a good hard look in the mirror. This is a good way to 
get across those attributes and expectations and redraw a line in the sand of what your expectations are from your team members. Um, and once you've done that, you now have something to manage to, to manage against, to manage toward, and you have the conversation. And we won't go into it now, but if we think about conversations three times and you're out, mum, dad, and the police, and some of those things that we've talked about in the past, then this is setting the benchmark for expectation. Okay. I want to just take a quick moment to talk about um, uh, if we create the perfect employee and we take the moment, which I'm going to suggest that you do, to go and write down, give her a name, name her Jane, Mary, Braley, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, if we have that and we have a picture of the perfect employee, um, some of them already work for you, right? This is the, the top of the bunch. How many of you have a majority of your team members you would call A grade? Yeah? A majority. Some of you will have A grades, but you'll have a mix with uh, a mix with B grades, right? And um, the my my next question is: How often do A grade employees apply for a job with you? Like, how often do those people come across your path? Not very often, right? The problem is that not many of them exist. One in our industry, two anyway. And I believe that we have to take it upon ourselves to find the diamonds in the rough and polish her up. And I think uh, we need to go down to the B grade and find the diamonds in the rough, those that are waiting to become A's, polish them up and bring them up into an A grade team, right? Not many people, particularly in this industry, we, uh, we employ, it's a young industry. Not many people make it uh, into their 40s and 50s and 60s other than being business owners that are still in this industry. We start young and we leave young. It's really sad, right? And so we're employing a bunch of people that don't have a lot of life experience. We employ young people and they have different backgrounds, different backgrounds and attributes. And if you think about um, what's below the iceberg, all of the stuff that they bring to the table when they walk into our business, we don't know what we're getting when we employ people often. But I think if we want to have a team and we want to grow and scale our team and to do a really specific job the way that you want to do it to deliver to the brand style that you have, we need to be able to bring them up. We need to be able to create. Diamonds are created. They're not born, I believe. And so uh, we need to think about uh, a process or rather an ecosystem as Hannah so kindly mentioned, create an ecosystem system where we can create diamonds out of the rough because if we sit waiting for unicorns to come along they do come along sometimes but they don't they don't usually fall in our lap on mass and if we really want to grow and be able to scale then we need to be able to do better than that so the next two things that I want to focus on now are the two things that I believe are going to help us take our B grades up into A grades now what happens when you push when you push a diamond under pressure, either we make a diamond or it turns into a chunk of coal or it stays a chunk of coal. I hope that analogy literally works in the real world. But for this example, when we push, people will either up level or they will ship out and they will go down and their behavior will become a C grade, which gives us permission to move them out. But if we push and we put the pressure on, beautiful above the line pressure, then we can turn them into diamonds and they usually will choose choose to become the diamond, right? Good analogy, yes, I can always trust that Hannah likes my analogies. <laughs> we'll either get a diamond or a lump of coal. And do you know what? It's not up to us 
which way they choose to go, right? They'll either shape up or they'll ship out. And I think when we take the responsibility off our shoulders, our responsibility to provide the environment and do the work that uh, gives them the success path to become the diamond, but whether or not they choose, if we talk about analogies, we can take the water, the horse to water, we can't force it to drink. And then we hand the responsibility back to them to either step up or ship out. Is that helpful? So I think these are the next two things we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about stepping up to become a best boss and also ensuring we get A-grade performance from our team. Are we excited? Are we ready to go? Is this making sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was just my new toy. Having a bit of fun. Okay, let's talk about stepping up to become a best boss. This kind of rounds out the first half of our session, I feel like, and you've got a page inside of your uh, handouts uh, or your online version. Um, first thing I want you to do is I want you to think back to when you were an employee. Hopefully you were an employee at some point. Hopefully you were employed by someone uh, and some of you will have several employee experiences. I didn't have a lot. I opened my business at uh, 20. So I had my apprenticeship and I worked for a couple of bars and rest, um, nightclubs in my time. And so I had those experiences. Uh, and then uh, right before I opened Salon Owners Collective, I, was, I spent two years being an employee at Timely Salon Software. Um, and I learned a lot being an employee. So I want you to go back to the time when you were an employee and who was the best boss that you ever worked with? I want you to think about the people that were leaders in front of you. Uh, some of, <laughs> stay remembers every, every single stage, I love it. Some of you will have some good experiences and some of you will have some not so great experiences, which I think are the contrasting experience that we can uh, work against. In my apprenticeship, I had a lovely lady. She was absolutely lovely. She was a really nice, kind human, but she didn't know how to manage or lead people. And I learned, I stepped away from my apprenticeship with her with everything in my mind, 100% the opposite to how she behaved. And that was the basis of which the, my first uh, foray into leadership was. So I want you to think about what is it that you loved about them? What attributes would you like to possess that you have seen others um, what influential people do you follow or do that you love and what attributes that you can borrow off other people that you love and admire or have been before you or have been leaders and bosses for before you that you would love to possess. Maybe there are some things that we've thought, talked about this morning um, that uh, is above the line behavior that you're ready to let go of some below the line behavior and I want to give you a couple of minutes to first of all at the top here to think about what is it that you've learned today about A-grade team members. If you think about the, at the top of the pyramid, who are those A-grade diamonds that are already in your business and the future diamonds that you are going to attract into your business? What does she need from you? What does she need from you? Don't worry about the Bs and the Cs because uh, I don't want the squeaky wheel to get the oil, right? The Cs are the squeaky oil. Sometimes the Bs behave like Cs and they become a squeaky wheel. The squeaky wheel should not get the oil. The, all the attention and love should go on to the A-grade players. What does she actually need from you? I'll tell you what, some, what I think some of them are um, for me. Um, honesty, because honesty, without honesty, there's no trust. And I think with no trust, uh, there's no respect, no reciprocal respect. And so honesty goes, um, there's a little asterisk attached to honesty because honesty needs to go with tact, um, and what's the word grace 
So honesty with tact and grace, for sure. Um, Self-responsibility, taking on responsibility of the things that go right and go wrong. Because if you are responsible and you can take responsibility for yourself, you can expect the same from others. Self-awareness is another one, the impact that you make on others. Uh, and when you get it wrong, to uh, take the responsibility for that, those are definitely a high, high EQ, not IQ, EQ, emotional intelligence. Um, I think that is a really big word for me in terms of what I need. I need to get out of my own head and get outside of myself and not make it about me. Do you know one of my biggest le learning lessons as uh, as an employer, even as as a as a human, is um, not to make everything about myself. <laughs> like it was really freeing when I realized I used to be really self conscious, and then I realized that actually everybody else wasn't thinking about me at all. Like how selfish was it of me to think that everybody was looking at me, thinking about me, judging me, and it was all about me. And actually, it's not about me. People have got their own problems. They glance at me. It's only for a couple of seconds, and then they're back into their own problems. So that was really freeing for me uh, in terms of being an employer, a good wife, good, good, I was about to say good husband, good husband, good parent, all of the things. Don't make it about me. All right, last but not least, a commitment to becoming the best boss. What is your commitment to yourself? And I want to tell you a little story. When I did this exercise myself, uh, it was years ago, I was at a conference just like this actually uh, in Australia in the Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, one of those lovely sunny coasts, which I believe it's pouring with rain right now on, on the coast. <laughs> um, it's not the Sunshine Coast at all. And I made this uh, commitment and declaration to myself at the time of the behavior that I was going to adopt and to focus on. And this is what I want you to do too, is I want you to find an anchor for that memory and that commitment. So just like we did with the word, I want you to find something that is going to remind you and hold you accountable to that. Now, for me at the time, I switched my watch from, like most people have their watch on their left hand if they're right-handed. And I switched my watch from my left hand onto my right hand. And that was my physical significant reminder of the behavior that I was now choosing to adopt. So funnily enough, uh, that was uh, probably about not quite 20 years ago that I did that. And my watch has stayed there forevermore. Most of the time I forget that that's why that I did, I did it because it was such a long time ago, but that was a significant change for me. And I did a physical something physical uh, to remind myself of those things. And that's a wrap. So let's recap the key strategies that we've talked about today. So number one, we want to define the three types of employees and how to best communicate with them. Number two, how to recognize the right employee at the interview stage of your hiring process. Number three, how do you say no to those employees that aren't the right fit? So now you know what to do to achieve a winning culture in your salon. The next question is going to be, well, how do you achieve that? How do you implement these strategies to ensure that they will work? So this, if this is you, then listen up. Inside our Salon Mastery Coaching Program, we offer done-for-you team communication scripts, performance management tools, and key performance indicators so that you will have and achieve a winning culture without losing the little time that you have available. Proven, done-for-you recruitment interview and induction system so that you can attract, employ, train the right rockstar team members into your business without worrying whether they'll be a good culture fit for you. All you need to do is click the apply now button in the show notes of this episode. See if Salon Mastery is the right fit for you. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. 
Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.